the Stearns raises a valid point. I know. So it's going to be like, you guys are pre-recorded. I am live. <laughs> Wanna go? I'm a better fighter. Oh really? I can take you. Good luck. You're gonna need it. Hockey week! Hi down here, Fight Straps here for another edition of the Hockey Week in Review, this time the blog episode. Well, we got a bit of a treat here. I'm John Baranowski. Beside me is a guy you haven't seen before. This is Christopher Covert. We've mentioned him a couple times here on the show. He is heir apparent to the Hockey Week throne uh, a couple after I'm gone, which is not this coming summer, but the summer after that, he's going to be taking over, stepping into my uh, rather large footsteps and taking over Hockey Week. So it's good to have you on board, Covert. Yeah, thanks, John. It's uh, really great to have the opportunity to come on here. Love the show. It's what gets or it's uh, what gets me through my long nights of procrastinating papers. <laughs> Doesn't it for all of us? Anyways, we have over the phone. Dave Stearns did a bit of moving recently, so his internet is not uh, up to par, so to speak. So uh, we're going to have Dave on the phone. Dave, are you with us? Yes, I am, guys. And Rob, boy, can I say that you let yourself go? <laughs> um, oh, oh, wait, that, that's covered. Hey, what's going on? Man? Hey, Stearns, what's going yeah. on? Not much, not much. Yes, I'm reporting to you guys uh, from Guam, and uh, the conditions here are horrible. So I'm just hanging in there. Good, good, good. <laughs> Well, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. This is a show that's meant only for the blog. Whether or not it's going to end up on Hearst TV, well, you'll find out if you're watching it here on Hearst TV. So uh, we're going to cover a whole bunch of news stories that's happening. Um, we're going to pu push back the breaking news just for a moment, so stick with us. Stick with us. First things first, some of the things we've been pushing back, there are rumors of an outdoor classic doubleheader. Now, I know we've beaten the outdoor classic to death on this show, but so has the NHL, so I figure we might as well follow suit. The idea would be to have one Winter Classic game in the United States, and then later that same day, that same January 1st, have an outdoor game in Canada, and have them broadcast one after the other. Uh, the rumors for this season is Boston and Philly, or Boston and Washington, are the two biggest discussions. So, let's start off, uh, Dave, your thoughts. Uh, these two matchups, you know, they, uh, they they sound all great and everything, but doing back-to-back, -back, really, uh, I think you're kind of pushing it at this point. I really think that one per day, uh, you know, once a year, I think that's fine. But if you're going to do them back-to-back, kind of like the way the playoffs are set up right now, you have a 8 o'clock start and then a 10.30 second game. I'm not in favor of that at all. What are you going to do? Are you going to go West Coast, like Vancouver versus L.A. in Vancouver or in some middle ground like Portland, Oregon? just so you can scare the crap out of people. I don't know. I, I, I really think that, you know, having Philadelphia versus Washington would be a great game in and of itself, or you do Boston versus New York Rangers. That that would though Just one matchup. One matchup. You really don't need more than one in a year. I honestly think that it's overkill. And you're going to see that the economy is going to have an effect on it, too. Nobody's going to come. Well, I mean, they're going to come, but then they're going to feel it in their wallets later on. Then you're going to have more people in tent cities. Seriously. It, it, the day that I see Tampa Bay versus Florida playing in Puerto Rico or Havana, Cuba, uh, that's going to be very interesting. Covert, your thoughts? <laughs> well, other than the fact that uh, Gary Bettman being the reason for the return of the Bills, um, 
I'm, I'm going to agree with Sternsy on this one. I mean, really, NHL, really, two games back to back. I mean, I'm even with my own personal views. I'm in the camp that I think even like doing this like annually is uh, is just like going to be a wee bit too much. It's going to lose the like that uh, certain mystique and aura that's around it. I'd personally be in favor of going uh, every other year, but I, I'm content with every year. But honestly, back to back, that's that's just too much. I, I agree. I mean, we have something special here, and yeah, everyone is kind of flocking to this idea of having the outdoor game return. Whatever it is, non-hockey fans think it's fantastic, and that's what the NHL is trying to reach out to. But the problem is that in doing that you try and drive off some of your regular fans and even then when does something lose its specialty you know when does something no longer miss you know something special something worthwhile and i think the nhl is definitely going to hit that i mean one a year is bad enough we've complained enough on this show about having one a year now having two a year on the same day i mean it'd be a heck of a day for hockey but i think the nhl might be shooting themselves in the foot that and how many people would want to go to both but couldn't physically do it. I think they'd also lose out a lot of tickets, even though more pe more different people would get to go. Some of the people who are willing to po you know, pony up the big bucks wouldn't John, be able to. John, if I may, uh, you know, I did write very vocally on how it shouldn't be done after the first one, and I was a big proponent in saying, let's not do this right away again, let's wait two, three years. I really think that should have been the correct route to do it but all of a sudden now it's become an annual tradition. Eventually, I think it is going to lose its luster. I mean, everybody stayed in their seat in Buffalo when Pittsburgh and Buffalo played, and then I started to see some people leave their seats in Chicago. I mean, there was those rooftop stands. A lot of people weren't there for the third period. I don't know if it's because Chicago was down, but I still think that it's starting to already fade out, and I think that next year, if you have it at Fenway Park, that should be it. Fenway Park, that's it. And then take a two-year hiatus. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought that they should have it, you know, two years and then wait four or you know, wait three or whatever, have it on a five-year cycle. Uh, I would have no, I mean, have an East and West game. That'd be great. The next five-year cycle, have two East-West games, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with both you guys on this. I mean, th this is my initial fear back when the original classic, you know, with the uh, Pens and the Sabres going on. This was what afraid I was going to happen. It, becoming overdone and just beaten to death. But while uh, you and Dave were going on, I, I did have one redeeming thought about this, having one, US, one in the U.S. and one in Canada. Finally, Canadian citizens will be able to participate in those ridiculous contests Reebok comes up with. <laughs> you have a point. Mm -hmm. You have a point. Because, you know, how many Canadians were up there going, it's Austin Buffalo! Buffalo doesn't have it! Oh, oh. I can't, I can't sign up. Oh. So you, you have a AC, point. Now our friends to the north, they can be complacent and happy too. <laughs> they can be happy hearing about Reebok 14 times during the play. I counted. Anyways, yeah. let's move on. The breaking news of which we kept you in suspense for. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, Jim Ball Silly is apparently buying the Phoenix Coyotes. The Coyotes have gone for bankruptcy, it is official. They are in bankruptcy court, and Balsley is going to pick up the slack. Dave, I think you have the most information on this in front of you, because after all, this is breaking news. I don't have it on the teletype so, uh, yet. It's not out yet. So go ahead and take it away. What have you got for us? Really, you don't have the technology for this. Okay. Well, let well me we just can it. rebuild it. We have the technology for that, but not for this. Okay. Well, anyway, here we go. Well, the National Hockey League uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly released a statement in regards to the Phoenix Coyotes. His quote is, we have just become aware of today's bankruptcy court filing purportedly made by and on behalf of the Phoenix Coyotes. We are investigating the circumstances surrounding the petition, including the propriety of its filing. We have removed Jerry Moyes from all positions of authority to act for or on behalf of the club. The league will disappear, or yeah, the league disappear. The league will appear and proceed before the bankruptcy court in the best interest of all the club's concerns.
agencies, including its fans in Arizona and the league's 29 other member clubs. And concurrently, as I get done reading that statement, Jim Balsillie has publicly uh, come out and said that I am going to be putting up a bid for the Phoenix Coyotes. And apparently a uh, councilman from uh, Glendale, Arizona, says that the team has not paid for the rent on the arena. They have not paid for the parking uh, allotment for the fees and uh, pretty much the property taxes in and of itself. And they have not paid for the security uh, personnel at the arena. So the league stepped in, gave a loan to the Phoenix Coyotes, and said, well, pretty much through its own little bylaws, saying that if the team cannot repay the loan back to the NHL, then the team becomes property of the NHL. Jim Balsillie is going to step in and try to prevent this by buying the team and moving them to southern Ontario, where reportedly it is reported that he will move them to Hamilton, Ontario. Not Waterloo or Kitchener. He's beyond that. It looks like Hamilton, considering he already has bought up the rights to Cops Coliseum for remodeling, and also season ticket holders have already placed bids, considering the almost move with the Nashville Predators to Hamilton, Ontario. Yeah, quite a bit of news. I uh, didn't expect that, but I'm glad we're doing this piece because otherwise we would have been in the dark for a week and no one wanted. I still don't I believe they're going to move. I, I mean, I yeah. think there's going to be something done where Batman's going to pull something crazy and suddenly Balsley's going to give up this money and then he's going to be stuck in Phoenix. Hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, the only thing I don't like about this deal is is another team being set up on, in Ontario. They already have the Senators and the Maple Leafs. But then I can understand with, yeah, Southern Ontario, that's where all the money's at. But I really like to see... So a t or a city in central, maybe even Western Canada, get another team like, hey, give Mana, um, bring a team back to Manitoba, give Winnipeg another shot. Because even though I've heard the argument that Winnipeg is too small of a market to host a team, if you put a team in Winnipeg, the entire city will show up, and possibly the rest of Manitoba. Because Winnipeg's in Man Manitoba, right? Oh yeah, I'm good. It's just uh, we're well south of Flin Flon. But yeah, I, it, I mean, I, yeah, I really understand the argument to have the Jets getting a team back. I definitely miss my Winnipeg Jets. Uh, yeah, you're right, but it's a small market, and, well, Gary Bettman hates Canada. Um, I don't know if necessarily that it's going to happen. Uh, now, if Hamilton, it makes perfect sense. I mean, we, we've talked before about how a second team in Ontario would actually work out rather well. I mean, they've talked about Toronto getting a second team, and while Leafs fans would definitely cry foul for that, there are a lot of a lot of people who can't get tickets. The Leafs have become too corporate. You really can't get seats. Uh, you you should know, Cover. You were there in standing room for how much? Oh, exactly. Um, was it uh, two seasons ago? Uh, me and a couple of my friends went up to uh, Air Canada Center, downtown Toronto. Hundred dollars for standing room. SRO. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> absolutely insane you can't get into the games I, I mean i realize there's going to be people who think you know the, the, it's not going to succeed but they said that about the new york new york nets uh, so and i'm sure they also said that about the islanders too teams uh, cities that are big enough to support one team and have overflow you'll get a second team if you put it in hamilton you will definitely get some people who don't want to cross the border going to buffalo because that gets harder and harder now with, uh, with just how the world is. That's a, that's a border that takes quite a while to cross nowadays. And then you're going to have people who are Leafs fans who are disenchanted. I mean, 40 years since you've been to the Cup Finals, you're going to lose some fans. 42 years. 42. Wow. I, I was just glazing over and trying to make it loud. Okay. It's going to be 47, 48, 20, you know, 205. It's going to be a while. John, John, let me tell you this right now, though. Uh, two things, though. Uh, what you're forgetting to think about here is also the Nashville effect. What if we were to have a team go to uh, Winnipeg, and then all the fans show up for a little bit, and then all of a sudden they dissipate, and the team misses the playoffs, and then next year the team doesn't do so well again, and then it's just a downward spiral. That could happen very easily if they went to, like, uh, you know, a central Canada you know, city, maybe even Saskatoon, for that matter. I mean, Winnipeg is probably just about the same size. But if you move a team there and they do successful in the beginning, it's not to say it's going to continue on. That's exactly what happened with Phoenix. They 
success in Phoenix for a little while in the beginning, and then they fell off the face of the earth. I mean, they made the playoffs once or twice, and that was it. And then all of a sudden, they're just gloom and doom. Maybe half the arena's full. Okay, the Nashville effect can apply to Winnipeg. Granted, they'll be bringing back their old team. That'd be nice, a little sentimental. But will the fans stick by them? It's questionable, especially the economy. It's bad everywhere in this world, and it does not have its immunity anywhere. Canada is not immune. Also, the other thing, one story I think that's kind of interrelated to all this is Charles Wang, the owner of the New York Islanders, publicly coming out saying, if I were to make this decision all over again to buy the New York Islanders, I wouldn't. But you know what? They're going to Kansas City next year for a preseason game. Why? He actually publicly said, I'm weighing out my options. So, first off, you may be having one of your first Stanley Cup winning teams being moved, which is a first for the NHL, I'm saying. But also, take a look at the options here. Owners are starting to play their cards right. They own these teams. Who's to stop them from moving them? That's where the question comes in. If Balsilli saves Phoenix, who's to say he can't move them to Hamilton, Ontario? Maybe they could get blocked up by markets like Buffalo and Toronto. But really... Does anyone have the authority to step on other owners' toes? What if Kansas City suddenly had the Islanders? What would Chicago think? What would Columbus think? What would Nashville think? Does it matter? No, because Kansas City's offering a free lease, and everyone's sitting there going, well, somebody's going to get a team there. I agree with you, Dave. The NHL bylaws definitely outlaw a lot of these things. But there's been a lot of challenge recently to whether or not these bylaws are legal. You know, whether constitutionally you can have these things. Because, I mean, it's supposed to be 140 miles, I think it is, between uh, is is what covers your team's district, which I think is the biggest argument against Hamilton. But how can you, I mean, that's a monopoly. And if you really wanted to get down to it, I'm sure Jim Balsley would not hesitate to take the NHL to court and say, this is a trust, break it up. And he probably would win. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to say you know, how any of this would hold up. Now, the NHL, the last time we had a, a, a depression, I'm just going to jump in and say, you know, well, this is what happened in the 30s. We lost some teams. The NHL was up to 10 teams, and that was before the original six era started. By 1941, the, the league was down to six teams and kept it that way for about 25 years. Yeah, one of those teams, uh, Hamilton Tigers, if I remember correctly. The Hamilton Tigers moved to become the New York Americans, and then they were the last team to drop out. They were the seventh team. So, I mean, you lost the Montreal Maroons, you lost the Pittsburgh Pirates slash Philadelphia Quakers, and you lost the Ottawa Senators. Slash St. Louis Eagles. Yes. So, I mean, it could happen again. I could see the NHL cutting two teams. Now, the NHLPA would flip out. You'd probably see another riot as far as the, the, you know, the the CBA is concerned. But, right. Yeah. But the thing is, yes, okay, you're talking about the NHL become a corporation. I also forgot to mention St. Louis there when we were talking about Kansas City getting a team. But the thing is, yes, antitrust laws really need to be observed here. And that's where I think that that argument was with Nashville. When Jim Balsilli wanted to move Nashville to Hamilton, that's where he started to throw out the legal uh, mumbo-jumbo, the language saying, you can't really tell me that I can't buy a team that's for sale. Why can't I buy a team that's for sale and not be able to do what I want with them by moving them? Honestly, it's almost like the NHL is treating themselves as a country. That's what they're trying to do. They're setting up their own laws, and it's almost like Microsoft, but times two. You know what? It's the Bettman era. It really is. And I know, I know we've harped on Gary Bettman a whole lot, but he deserves every single second of it. I hate Gary Bettman. Um, really? Yeah. Believe it or not, who the thunk it? Yeah, secrets come out on on Hockey Week and Review. What do you know? Um, yeah, with the Batman era, the NHL suddenly began taking itself seriously. You can see somewhere around 1993, which is when Gary Bettman took office, the NHL starts to take itself as a corporation, starting to expand to markets that they didn't that aren't hockey markets, but are sports markets like San Jose, like Anaheim. You know, places that some of them have succeeded, some of them have not. But it's still, the NHL has been like, all right, well, we're going to take this at a money standpoint. We are going to crack down on the rules. We are going to make things legitimate. And they've really become a, more a business than a league. I mean, prior to that, you watch the game, it's a sports league. It looked a whole lot more fun. It wasn't, I don't want to say, competitive is not the word I want, but it wasn't as serious. People took it as something special. I mean, that's why we had league presidents for how long, and no one questioned anything they did. The NHL just kind of you know operated under the radar and they were okay. Now 
the NHL might have a backlash from that some 10, 15 years later. So, I don't know. I look for the NHL to go to court if they try and stop Bosley from doing anything. Oh, yeah, I, I can completely uh, see that coming too, John. I mean, just, it, it just confuses me, like, like almost like just the infatuation the league has had with these Sunbelt teams. I mean, like, it, if you look at it, like, all of a sudden, once the Islanders start having these financial troubles and talks of them moving to Kansas City, you didn't hear Gary Bettman or anyone else from up in the office in Toronto, like, rattling the Sabres about it, like, going out and saying, oh, we're not going to let this happen. We're going to protect our team and stay where they did. But you've seen them do that before with, specifically, the Phoenix Coyotes, mm -hmm. which I think that's, like, I hate to say it, but if Wayne Gretzky couldn't make it work, no one can. I don't think it was ever meant to be. <laughs> you well, look at it, there has been a huge outcry against the, the moving the Phoenix Coyotes. Nobody has cried about moving the Islanders. I, I looked oh, at mainly because Gary Bettman put the Phoenix there, and he was the Islanders would have already been there. I'm they, surprised they, there's no uproar. There, I'm surprised that there is no uproar over the Islanders being moved because you know what? The Islanders had such a successful run not too long ago. I mean, granted, it was over 20 years ago, or actually, yeah, well, it was about 20 years ago, rather. And the thing is, I mean, with all those Stanley Cups underneath the belt, you would think they would actually have a solid diehard fan base at their backing trying to keep them there. I mean, yeah, you do have your diehard season ticket holders that have been there for years upon years, but those numbers are starting to dwindle. But, I mean, even the celebrity status of those who are actually celebrities that support these teams, even they're vocally against this. But the thing is, they don't have that big of a backing. And the thing is, what, who's fighting for Phoenix to stay in Phoenix? Not many people. But do you remember the fight that people put on to keep the Hartford Whalers in Hartford and the fight people had to keep Winnipeg in Winnipeg? I mean, just take a look at these teams that have become defunct and moved. I mean, Quebec City, that's a different story. I mean, the thing is, the, the taxation problem up there is so bad. I mean, even the Canadians feel the stretch at times, but still, they have an arena of 27,000 people night in and night out. They have no problems whatsoever. They're the only franchise in Quebec, and you know what? They're benefiting from that. But to crowd up the market, too, when we go back to the idea of Phoenix being moved to Hamilton, if you crowd up that whole 300-mile radius of Toronto, Buffalo, Hamilton, you could even go so far as to saying it's affecting Detroit. You're not talking, you know, just like teams being, you know, pushed to the very limits on their whole capacity and keeping their fan base. If one team goes under on one side, they're going to be crossing over the other. And that's the problem when you crowd up one geographic area. But then again, it's Canada's game. Let them do what they please. But the thing is, Ball Silly has to be smart about where he places his team. I agree. That's why I think Kitchener-Waterloo would have never worked. Uh, but, I mean, you, you look at this, and you look at the, the New York area, you have the Rangers, the Islanders, and the Devils. And, of course, Philadelphia is not that. You know, the hop's skipping a jump away. So you have a, pr a pretty good, solid backing of teams. And just the Islanders have been the last one to be good. I mean, Devils, three cups, nine years. Rangers won it in 94, and for some reason they just have a fan base that just doesn't stop. I don't get it either. But, and, and then, but you look at, at Canada, you look at Ontario, and you look at areas, the, the question becomes how many hockey fans are within a population? I think that was the big problem that Gary Bettman looked at. Bettman looked at areas with massive populations. Didn't matter whether or not there were hockey fans in that population, they'd gain uh, hockey fans in the population. The, the ratio between how many people, uh, the, the question becomes how many of the people who are there, how many of them are hockey fans? Now, when you have someone like Ontario, you're going to have a rather large percentage of the population being hockey fans. You have in New York, you're going to have a decent center of the population being hockey fans. You go out to L.A., smaller and smaller. You go further south, smaller and smaller. So, I mean, you might have a, a tremendous market in, in, say, San Antonio, but that doesn't mean you're going to have a hockey market there. You have to have people who are going to be hockey fans. And... I think Ontario could handle another team. I think Hamilton could actually be successful. Uh, it, it has to be marketed well, and I, I think they'd have to have at least one successful season make the playoffs. I think, but uh, when you look at move teams, for some reason, a lot of them do well right out of the gate. I, I don't know why. You look at the Colorado Avalanche; they won the cup in their first year. Uh, I mean, Dallas. How quickly did they win the cup? It was what Florida. six years. Florida, you know, expansion team right out of the gate, what, three years, and they were in the cup finals. 
And for some reason, it works. I don't know why. Phoenix is the only exception. And if they move again, perhaps that's what they need. I mean, even the New Jersey Devils started out in Kansas City, then moved to Denver, and then moved to East Rutherford, New Jersey. So who knows? Maybe this isn't unprecedented. It could happen, and it could work out really well. The question becomes whether or not it's worth it, and why. I still don't understand the outcry. You know, you cry for Phoenix, and yet the Islanders go on unnoticed. That bothers me. I'm not against teams moving around a little bit. If they're struggling, and they are, it's okay to move a team. I'm actually in favor of contraction. I think we could get rid of four to six teams. But at the same time, you try and look at some of this heritage and at least have an outcry against it. You know, if it's going to happen, someone's got to care. Yeah, well, no, uh, let, you know. Uh, you go? Tober, you go first, name. We'll get in a sec. Thanks, guys. Um, I just wanted to throw my uh, two cents in about something uh, that Dave said earlier with, like, the, the so-called Nashville effect. I think you had that with uh, the Sunbelt teams like Nashville and Phoenix because hockey was a novelty that when they first set up in there. And so once the first couple of seasons they had a, or the first couple of seasons they had people showing up to the ranks because these people never really been exposed to hockey and they wanted to go see what it was. And after they got their fill of it, they started dwindling off. And I really don't think if um, this or if, uh, Phoenix franchise gets moved to Ontario, specifically Hamilton, that's not gonna happen because that's already a, a hockey area. It's not going to be a novelty. It's going to be exactly. more going to be actual it's going to be, Like the hockey's already entrenched in southern Ontario. I'll even think like a nuclear bomb could get rid of hockey in southern <laughs> Ontario. They play in nuclear winter, and so I really doubt that's going to happen if they would move to southern Ontario. Ideally, I would like to see it move east or west, but I can deal with Hamilton just as long as they name the team the Tigers. <laughs> the Tigers would be nice. Something with steel would be okay. It's Canada's Pittsburgh is really mm -hmm. what it comes down to. Uh, random, random fact. All right. For those comedy fans out there, uh, the uh, what's his name? Bowling for Columbine guy. Oh, uh, Michael Moore. Yeah, Michael Moore. Michael Moore's movie, uh, Canadian Bacon. Canadian Bacon. The town that they look at, uh, John Candy and the little frizzy-haired lady. The town that they look at. <laughs> Which supposedly is uh, supposedly represents the United States. That is Hamilton. Oh, so they didn't actually look at the United States when mm -hmm. they went. That's home. Yep, that was Hamilton, Ontario. So you get an idea. That's what Hamilton looks like. And I want to address real quick what you said there, and then we'll pass it off to Dave, who I'm sure is going to have his two cents on this. I, I think you're absolutely right with the novelty effect. I mean, that's why I'm so against the team in Las Vegas. It would be a novelty for about six weeks, and then that's it. <laughs> You even look at uh, going across sports, the Pittsburgh Pirates, how many people went to go and see the new ballpark. I know I did, and then no one went to see the team after that. Once the novelty's gone, you don't go. Dave? Okay, get ready for this. All right, uh, anyway, the thing is, when you think about Balsilli's intention, what is he intending here, okay? He's going after Phoenix to buy and move that franchise. But why isn't he voicing an opinion on buying the Islanders to save the Islanders? That's the thing that you're starting to understand here is, is it a business interest or is it for the love of the sport? The thing is, if, he, if his intentions were right, I would think he would actually say, Charles Wang, if you do not want to own the New York Islanders, I will gladly purchase them from you and save the franchise. That's not the case. He is greedy. He is very manipulative. And what he wants to do is add more coffers to his pocket, add a little bit more money to himself and his value, and then keep something that he enjoys near and dear to his heart, uh, to his heart and not so much give something to the fans. But he's just trying to make a claim that it's Canada's sport where he's trying to make that argument more compelling to bring a team into southern Ontario, not so much to protect a sacred franchise that has done so much success in the past, such as the New York Islanders. He's going after a weak team just to make a strong statement. I honestly think that's selfish. Well, is Charles Wang willing to sell the, the Islanders? I, I haven't heard. I thought he was just moving it and keeping his interests. Well, you know what? You, no matter where you move it, you still got the same players. So what difference does that make? Yeah, but if you have people coming to the seats, at least you're making money off of it. it well, it's he's more already than just got a the tax write-off. Right, right, right. But you still have the same amount of money you're investing in your team. Returns don't really matter so much when you're already knee-deep in doo-doo, okay? He can pay for as many players as he wants, and what he did was he gave away some of the biggest 
assets on that team, such as Billy Guerin, okay? And he started picking up some moderate players, the lower-end players. He's trying to build this team from the ground up. That's why he's reliant so much on a draft. But if you notice, after they won the lottery for the draft, more interest has been coming to this team because you're going to get John Traveris in there, and he's going to get people in the seats. But whether or not the Islanders fans will back them or hockey fans in general, wherever the team may end up, who knows? I actually think the Islander fans are suddenly excited about something, and Charles Wang would be making a huge mistake by considering moving the team to Kansas City or anywhere else thereof. Well, at least we know there's going to be another season in New York. I think that's pretty much an obvious given. Um, well, he's going to have this test game in Kansas City during the preseason, and perhaps they're even going to go with the old-school sweaters. With uh, well, I know they want to. Whether or not Reebok will let them becomes a question. Um, so I know he's trying to revamp the Islanders, and he's given them one last chance. But he's going to play hardball. He saw what Mario Lemieux did with the Penguins, and he's ramping it up a bit because he knows you got to play bigger hardball in New York. Uh, New York City is definitely not going to be willing to uh, save a franchise. They'll be willing to bolster a franchise like the New York Yankees and the New York Mets. But to save it, not so much. Uh, he say, he's like, you know what, that's it. You're not going to help us, we're leaving. And he's going to be serious about it. Now, whether or not they call his bluff, that becomes a question. But I think he isn't going to try and just abandon Islanders fans. Otherwise, he'd do like they did in Minnesota with the North Stars and just up and leave. Well, you know what? It's not so much Charles Wang's problem in this instance. It's actually the town's problem. The town is not giving them the zoning permit to reconstruct a new building or remodel it or whatever be the case. I mean, you saw the proposed plans that Charles Wang had for that area. He wanted to build up a shopping mall, uh, condominiums. He wanted to make it like the hottest place on the, the Long Island. I mean, he wanted people to come to the, you know, the Nassau Coliseum or whatever he would call it. He wanted people to make it a destination. But the thing is, the zoning laws, according to the town, would not permit it. And apparently, according to Charles Wang, it's been in their hands and they've been uh, deliberating on it for eight years now, okay? Now, whose fault is that? Is it Charles Wang's fault or is that Long Island's fault? Is that the town government's fault for not pushing this through? I mean, will the Nassau Coliseum be torn down and reconstructed into a new arena? The town's people have that decision to make, but will they actually give them the permit to do this elaborate project? Probably not. So that's one of the reasons why Charles Wang wants to move the team, but also the fan backing, it really needs to come back. And you know what? I think we need a little bit of a Nashville kind of scare to happen here. Now I'm using this Nashville as a as an example, but if Nashville effect, like in the scare sense, comes to the Long Island where they know their team's going to be moved, then I think the fans will probably come back and rally around it and stay strong for at least a couple of seasons. And then with the number one draft pick coming in with John Tavares, that could change everything for the franchise in their direction. Well, it depends how big of an impact he makes, obviously. I mean, we saw Stamkos this year, and yeah, it was a nice marketing ploy, but well, as good as the kid is, he's, he's no savior. Um, now, I look for the fans to make a little bit of a rally, but I think Charles Wang is almost being a little overzealous in this. I mean, usually you overpropose, and then as they cut things, you get what you still need and perhaps a little extra. I think he's being rather staunch about, no, we get all of this. And I think he's asking a lot of the taxpayers, who are, I, I think it's already rather high high tax area. He's asking them to, to pony up some money too, and they're just not willing to do that. So I think their way of saying no, we're not letting you do this, is to prevent the zoning law. Uh, I, I I'm making hypotheses, obviously, but I think that's what is going on. Um, now it did take eight years for the Pens to get in the arena. I mean, just for that to go through, it took a. I mean, Lemieux bought the team, I think '99. And then we're just now building an arena 10 years later. So it can take a while. It depends on how, how willing he is to play ball. I think the fans will return if they have something. Uh, I just want to get back to something uh, I said at the, the beginning of this little rant there with um, somehow like, un, like underlying ideological reasons about moving the, the coyotes to uh, southern Ontario. Wasn't this the same guy who went after the Pens a couple years ago? Mm -hmm. that's, that's where I thought I remember, remembered hearing his name. When he was going after the Pens, you didn't hear any talk about southern Ontario. Well, you, it was, it was yeah, Kansas City. So I'm Kansas City. He talked about Kitchener, but they pretty much ruled that out yeah. quickly. Yeah, because that was just kind of like brought up and then just kicked aside. But then he focused on Kansas City. Now with uh, with the Islander or with the Islanders owner or like rattling the Sabers, as I said before, with him going to Kansas City, I think it's just more along the lines of, all right, where I wanted to go before, 
that's not really a viable option now. Someone else might be going there, so I'm going to go back to my original idea before it got canned. Yeah, well, I, I think his eventual goal was to go to, to yeah. you know, Ontario. I think that's what he wanted, and now I think he sees an opportunity. I'm just okay. sick, or just one thing, Dave. I'm just sick and tired of Canada stealing U.S. hockey teams. <laughs> it's only happened once before. Wasn't, wasn't the Flames enough, Canada? <laughs> wasn't the Flames enough? You deprived the good people of Hotlanta from their hockey, and now you you're now you're going after Phoenix. And really? now they're depriving the Thrashers of having good attendance. Exactly. Canada. <laughs> okay. One, one other thing I wanted to throw out there, just because this argument's starting to get a little old. I, I mean, mm. the one thing that you have to remember, though, is back in uh, 2001, the Buffalo Sabres, their owner, John Regas, was, uh, he had to file for bankruptcy considering the whole scandal with the Adelphia and the money laundering. Okay. One of the things that we need to think about here is that franchise claimed bankruptcy and the NHL owned the Buffalo Sabres for one year. Okay. Phoenix claiming bankruptcy they will potentially be owned by the nhl will they retain the right for the franchise to stay there almost like buffalo did during the 2001 season and wait for an owner that will come along to keep them in phoenix and actually revitalize the franchise before giving balsilli the consideration that's the thing it's not balsilli alone in this game what if there is another potential owner that steps and says heck i want to keep hockey in phoenix why not well, Bettman did say, I mean, the only way they'd move the, the Coyotes is if no one from Phoenix stepped up. Uh, the, you know, whether or not, he, lack of ownership was his criteria to move. Um, if that happens, and that very well could happen, well then Balsall is going to be kicked to the curb again because the, they don't like him. Whatever it is, whatever it is and I'm not going to make judgments on this character, they don't like him, plain and simple. And they're trying to keep him out of the league as best as they can. So if they find anyone else, they're going to throw him in there. Personally, and this is what I, I'd like to see, is this the perfect opportunity to the NHL to look at the Islanders and look at the Coyotes and just contract the two teams. Go back to the 2018 league, boost up the level of play just that little bit because you're going to eliminate 40, 50 players. And... You know, of course, that's going to even out. We're going to, you know, get rid of the bottom 50 players. So I look at this as the perfect opportunity to do that. Will it happen? No. But that's what I want. Yeah, but again, John, going with uh, the whole contraction, even though I, I personally be in favor of that, that's never going to happen because the Players Association is going to be up in arms over that. Yep. We'll see another lockout. There'll be a strike this time. Dave, final thoughts on the issue? Final thoughts on the issue? Yeah, I'd say contracting teams would be a great idea. Cut out maybe the uh, Southern Belt teams, you know, just kind of keep it as the Northern sport. But then again, uh, let's see how Dallas fans rebound next year after this miserable, miserable season. And then we'll make judgment on whether or not contraction will work and whether or not these are all fair-weathered fans. But whether or not the real fans will rally around the Islanders and Coyotes, like we say in the business, John, we'll have to wait and see. That's become your tagline, hasn't it, Dave? It has, it has. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to go to a commercial break. Perhaps we can talk about what teams we'd contract if, the, uh, if it came down to it. We'll come back right after this. Hey, who's good? Maybe his gear is a bit too comfy. <laughs> 
We kind of shifted topics, uh, you know, with the Phoenix Coyotes being moved, most likely, the Islanders most likely being moved. Um, if you had to contract teams, what teams would you pick? Uh, Dave, I hope you're working on your list. Over, you look like you have a list now. I got a nice little list. I got one, two, three, four, five teams. The five teams that I'd contract if I was the commission. Okay. All right. First up on the hit parade, the Bolts. They gotta go. I mean, honestly, yeah, they won the cup, but whoop de do. That was a fluke. Get Vinny LeCavier somewhere else where he can actually do something productive. Um, next on the hit parade, Florida Panthers. I'm sorry. I mean, really, Florida, two teams? So ax them. And I know this is gonna perturb Kelly and probably uh, some other people, but I'm gonna have to get rid of the Kings, too. And it pains me to say this, even because they, they are an established franchise, they're just not productive. And I think that that's kind of like an, an overlying theme with my list because uh, the Kings are the oldest team I have on my list. But honestly, when was the last time that the Los, the Los Angeles Kings did anything? When was the last time they were in the playoffs? Even though probably this would be the most improbable team or team to be cut on my list because of the alleged celebrity fan base that they have. And Bettman doesn't want to lose face with anybody. Next up, Nashville again. Tennessee, it, it, it just boggles my mind. And lastly, the Coyotes. That's my uh, my theme, my, my five teams that I would cut. Okay. Dave, you sound like you want to say something. No, I just wanted to say that Los Angeles did make the playoffs in the last decade, so don't worry. Yeah, I mean, they made it to the Cup Finals in 93, but... Uh, no, no, no. Oh, don't no, even bring up 93. Decade. Well, that yeah. was a bad year. Well, they beat out Detroit in the first round, what was it, 2001? Yes. Yeah, 2001 yeah, or 2002. Yeah, that was the, the Ronick era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You watch the games, there's mm -hmm. no one there. It, it, I've been I've been explaining it like this. Florida is more of the old folks community. I mean, if you're watching Slapshot, all these these guys, you know, they, they, they had hockey up in the north and they retired in the mm -hmm. south and they want to go watch hockey. That was the thinking when they put Florida in. Yeah, because no honest, honestly, John, I think remember uh, watching uh, whenever the, the Pens went down there this past season watching it, and I actually think there's more people in black and gold down there than red blue and yellow or whatever their colors yeah, are. Right. Yeah, I and mean, there was a whole bunch of empty seats, even in the second period. It didn't make sense. It was a tie game. So, I, I, I don't know. Florida, no one goes. Tampa Bay is the generation after Sunrise, Florida. They had a bunch of young young people. They like, actually, they actually enjoy hockey. Actually, a sports community. I mean, the Buccaneers do pretty good. And uh, the Devil Rays, well, they do. Don't call them the Devils. That's right. They're oh, the Rays. The Rays. Now. The Rays. Now. They do okay. So I'd say ta I, I would nix Tampa Bay on that list. Um, Dave, do you have a list on yet, or you want me to go first? Uh, go ahead first, there, John. Okay. I I definitely am thinking five or six teams, and I, I go back and forth on whether or not I'd like to see six go back and go back to 2014 leagues. I really think that's where the NHL hit its stride. Um, if you look at it, going back to the original six era, there were six teams. There were six goalies because they didn't have backups. Five out of those six goaltenders are now in the Hockey Hall of Fame. There are probably about there are really five goaltenders in the league to, that are Hall of Fame worthy. It's probably about right. That really probably hasn't changed. So we have most of the league going to the Hall of Fame. Now, being very conservative, say there's a well, there's a minimum of 60 goaltenders. Probably still about five or six. 
So there, you know, the amount of players who haven't, who are not Hall of Fame worthy, has increased a thousand percent, and that's just with goalies. So there's definitely a limited talent base that's increased a bit with opening up to Europe. It's increased more with opening up to Russia, but it's still you're not going to hit where you're going to have really good players. So the more teams there are, the lower and lower into the talent pool you go the more enforcers and bad players you get. That's the reason for contraction. You try and make it so they're the most, most of the bad players who really can't skate that well, comparatively to other NHL players, obviously, who are not you know, NHL caliber making it into the league. Put them in lower leagues, that's really where they belong. Because every year there's expansion, play goes down. You can look at that in any sport. It's, it's really true. So the, uh, the idea is go back to about a 2014 league. 25 would be okay depending on how they arrange things. First and foremost is Phoenix. We've, just, we, we've beaten this horse to death. Phoenix doesn't draw. I mean, as much as I like to see a team back in Winnipeg, it's just as easy to fold the franchise. Florida, again, beat it to death. They don't deserve a team. They just don't, they don't deserve it. No, no. Now, I, I kind of played with your idea with the Kings here, Covert. Uh, I disagree based on history. I, I figure with a franchise, the people in Minnesota cried for so long. Uh, and it really it doesn't deserve to be. So what you do is you get rid of the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, which are 35 miles apart. The Kings and the Ducks, 35 miles is the difference between arenas. It's pretty close. Um, I, would, I would get rid of the Ducks and make them the California Kings. That takes care of that whole L.A. area, L.A. Anaheim area. Works out. Pretty, good. pretty much the entirety of Southern California. That actually is a pretty good thought, John. I hadn't thought about that. I've thought about this a couple yeah. times, believe it or not. So I'll just sit here like, yeah, what teams are don't really draw that well? I'm like Kings. And yeah, I can get that, like the whole like the history behind it being around since 67, second six. Right. I just, I just don't like them. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. The other team, another team would be the Atlanta Thrashers. They really never have drawn. Them. Oh, I forgot about Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. It's easy to forget about Atlanta. No one wants to go there in free agency. They cannot get anything other than trades. And seeing this past trade deadline, they couldn't do anything. It was pretty, pretty bad. So, uh, if anything, I would look to remove the Atlanta Thrashers because they. I mean, the fan base keeps going lower and lower, and they keep raising ticket prices. So it's not going to get better. And of course, Nashville kicked them out. When I, when I was in Nashville, no one knew they had a team. They thought it was some minor league, you know, wearing a hockey jersey in the middle of Nashville. They're like, oh yeah, we have a team. I forget what league they're in. They're, they're, they did okay. And then on a, on, a, on a bus tour, they're like, yeah, we got the uh, National Predators now. They do pretty okay. The sixth team, if I had to have a sixth team, would be the St. Louis Blues. Now I understand that I'm making a bit of a, you know, mincing my words with keeping the Kings and getting rid of the Blues, another 67 team. They have done so poorly and they've looked to move in the past. I mean, in 1984, they wanted to move to Saskatoon, but they didn't go through the proper channels. They were just going to up and go. And the NHL took away all of their draft picks for that season. And it's arguable that they didn't recover for quite some time because of that. So, the case can be made. There's still a recovery from that. Yeah, yeah. So that would be my six. Dave, what are you thinking? Oh, geez. You know, why don't I just carbon copy everything? All right, these are in no particular order. We're going to go with, uh, of course, Atlanta. They're, you know, I'm, I'm probably just going to go in alphabetical order. I thought about this. Uh, the Atlanta Thrashers, yeah, lackluster crowd, but a great team now and then. But then again, being swept by the New York Rangers a few years back is probably not the best way to end your playoff. Um, let's see. I would actually go with uh, contracting possibly... The, well, yeah, the Florida Panthers, that's an obvious. I mean, granted, the last success they had was back in 1996, and that's about it. So I would actually say, yeah, they're fan backing. They pick their favorite players, and that's it. They're not into the whole team thing. It's a waste of time. Moving on, I would definitely say the Nashville Predators, it's Fairweather fans, they'll back a team whenever they feel it's in their best interest, but not really as a community. I mean, yeah, they rallied around it, and there was the whole big kumbaya, song and dance, they missed the playoffs. If the fans show up next year, good for them. If not, then can the team get rid of them? All right, moving on, I would definitely have to go with... Um, uh, now, now, we're talking five teams here, right? So, all right, so we go with the Phoenix Coyotes. Yeah, we talked about that. You know what? They have the Arizona Cardinals. That's all they're good for down there in Arizona football. That's it. Okay, now, when you said five teams, that's where I had a dilemma, and then now you just cheated and went with six. You son of a gun. I was going to actually say I'm in an ethical debate between Tampa Bay and St. Louis, okay? 
Now, I would actually say that Tampa Bay should go first. St. Louis has more of a right to stay. They have more of a history. John Davidson is actually turning around the franchise. He's doing a lot for his fans, and I would actually give him more credit for putting a, a full-fledged fan effort into it instead of a corporate effort, kind of like Yarn Coulison, the gang down at uh, Tampa Bay, the way they're promoting Hollywood and their corporate uh, sponsorship more so than John Davidson's love for the sport. I agree with that. All right, well, moving on, because I've bumped this from a number of shows, and I'm not going to bump it from the blog show. I refuse. I refuse. So we're going to move quickly. All the playoff, well, most of the playoff teams added a little page to the beginning of their of their website. A lot of teams do this for specific things. The Sabres have it for uh, the uh, upcoming juniors uh, in 2011, which is stuff like that. Okay, I can understand, because I don't know how many people would know about that just getting to their website. But everyone should know about the playoffs. It's rather shameful if you don't. So let's go ahead and look at some of these. Some of them are pretty laughable. Some of them are pretty good. Anaheim. Anaheim Ducks qualify for playoffs. Now, before Congratulations. They, yeah, before they beat San Jose, I was like, oh, wow, they're really excited about making it to the playoffs. I'm glad they're informing people that they made it to the playoffs. This is pathetic. Yeah, it's just poor design all around. I mean, honestly, like, if you're going to a team's website, and you didn't know they qualified for the playoffs, what are you doing there in the first place? Exactly. Dave? Honestly, what I thought was, uh, you know, it's like they're almost surprised. It's like, yeah, okay, the Anaheim Ducks have made it to the playoffs. They qualify. Whoopee. The thing is, if you weren't following the team all along, then you should have known this by now, that they were in a tough fight for the finish, and they bumped out a couple of decent competing teams in order to just squeeze by in there. Now, the thing is, why haven't they changed things around with their website, considering the fact that they knocked out the best team in the NHL this year? Um, honestly, they didn't seem too excited to be going up against them to begin with. It's almost like, all right, we made it. That's great. You know what? We're fine with just making it. And if we lose, we lose. You know what? It's almost like a fatalist kind of viewpoint. But, yeah, wow, the Ducks qualify for the playoffs. Congratulations. <laughs> Moving quickly, an opposite kind. I think everyone knew this was going to happen. You know, Boston Bruins doing so well, but a really, really lame, catchy title is not going to do it. The Bruins, we want it. Do you really? Yeah, we want it. We want it. They want it. They want it. They want it. Now, here's my question. Are they talking about that they want the exclusive control over the colors black and gold? Because that happened in 1980. Yeah, yeah, it did. And so, it up. Yeah, it did. And honestly, you know, we want it. Or, like, if you're going to do something like that's, that's like, that borderline and cheesy, just, like, say, we want the cup or something like yeah. that. Instead of just it. Because what is it, really? And plus, I just don't like the Bruins. <laughs> the Bruins, they what? just want... The what? The Bruins, Bruins what? 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 The Bruins is dating. And honestly, here's my question. When did the Bruins get good? Yeah, I know. I can't remember. Because remember, who remembers that song, Thank Goodness for the Bruins? Because yeah. that is the only way I could get through the Red Sox winning the World Series, the Celtics winning whatever basketball has, and the Pats winning the Super Bowl. It's the only thing that kept me going. All the Bruins still suck. Yep. <laughs> Look and up. now that's being taken away from me. Yeah, Boston, Boston, Boston. All right, I'm yeah. going to keep going. We're going to keep rolling through. Columbus. Columbus actually has a nice thing. This is nice. It gives you information. And I'm like, wait, how do I get in the website? Next next graphic? Oh, you got to scroll down a bit. You got to look for it. Uh -huh. It's like, hey, come on now. Really, you, you couldn't find a way to fit that on the main page. You had to make people scroll. You had to make me find it. I didn't like it. Now, say, apart from that, I'm just taking a brief look at that because that's the first time I've seen that. But apart from that little thing, having to look for the thing to get onto the actual website, I liked it. Yeah, it's nice. March on is also good. You know, it, yeah, because it goes back with the, the team's military theme because for those who don't know, the Blue Jackets were taking off of, I forget what regiment it was exactly, but an Ohio regiment that was raised in that area during the Civil War and had that awesome cannon. Yeah, I wish the Penguins would get a cannon. <laughs> Why Penguins would have cannons, I have no idea, but it'd be sweet. This is what they should have done. Look at the New Jersey Devils. Huh? There it is. Yeah. Nice, classic. Mm -hmm. Gives you a schedule, gives you a nice little picture to look at, and there's EnterNewJerseyDevils.com. Very nice. And directions to the rink. Wow, yeah. directions to the rink. Oh, no, every, uh, everything you need. Yeah, it's not too bad. That's how it should be. 
And then, of course, we go back to another lame one, Philadelphia. They're hungry for more, and they're going to be starving now. Mm -hmm. They're starving. Okay. Are they a bunch of fat people or something? Their, their, their appetite is never satisfied? I guess not. Hungry, grab a Snickers? I, I'm trying to figure out uh, their scheme here. Yeah, Scotty Upshaw was looking kind of chubby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, now we have well, probably the worst one as far as design is concerned. San Jose, it's almost a good thing they're knocked out. The game room. It, what that is, is as convoluted as you can get. I, I mean, you could probably play the air hockey table. I don't even know. They probably have a half dozen flash games involved. Covert, do you want to play a game? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, that's the one. Do you want to play a game? Yeah, let's, let's go play. We'll play on the air hockey table. Okay. All right, John, you take winner. All right. <laughs> and, then, and then we we go back to another really lame one with St. Louis. Thank God they were knocked out. Look at this. The battle continues. What is it? What, what is it? it? A video game? What you got a one up there? Is that what that is? Okay. The, the battle ended. <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, the team is only allowed to display the Stanley Cup on their website if they've won it. <laughs> Sorry, okay. St. Louis. I hate to be the pessimist, but your days of being the perennial loser under Scotty Bowman in the early 1970s, they don't count. Yeah. Don't All right. Dave. And then the most annoying one, by far, the New York Rangers. They didn't have a page coming in. They had it on the main page. Thank you. Goodness, they're knocked out. I am. I, this upset me. I, I couldn't use their website. First, you, the, the website starts and then it pops down with that. I never stop believing. Dave, I think Good you wrote this website. Oh, I, I was. I was uh, actually really. Uh, I, I can't say the words on TV or on the <laughs> internet uh, because I'd probably get fined by the FCC. I never stop believing. I'm sorry. Um, Journey should get you for copyright infringement. First off, second of off, I, I use it as a personal, you know, motivational quote. Don't stop believing, but I never stop believing. Well, I never wash myself with any kind of acid. I mean, it's just plain <laughs> obvious. You never stop believing. Come on, I, I don't bathe myself in sulfuric acid. I mean, I never bathe with sulfuric acid. It's a good phrase to go with, Dave. I think that should become your next uh, selling point. Put that on a resume. That's good. That's good, Dave. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> But that's not the only one they have. They have multiple versions. Go ahead and look. I am true blue. I don't even know what that means. They're sad. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. because they won 50 years without winning a cup. Yeah. They're still 1940, sad. I wish you were still around. And then there's another one. I am a ranger. What, what are you? I am Spartacus. No, I am Spartacus. What is this? I'm, I'm still confused on what a ranger is exactly. It's one who rangers. We've gone over this. But oh, then the why? Texas Ranger. Why is there a difference between, well, then what's the difference other than the sports between the New York Rangers and the Texas Rangers? Marketing. Both, not only the baseball team, but also the law enforcement agency. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. the last one, after that's all done, after that goes away, you get a pop-up for tickets. Yeah, yeah, you can't even look at the, the website until you get rid of the ticket thing. I am a Ranger. Buy tickets now. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, we're back so, up. Yes. I was trying to look at the screen. I was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it that's ridiculous. Dumb, 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 dumb. I hate the yeah. New York Rangers, except for Shawnee. I did too. I did too, and I'm so glad they're gone. Yeah, you didn't even know you hated the Rangers, Dave. Nothing to die until this year. I know it's kind of weird. I mean, I'm like suddenly I have an affinity for the hatred for the uh, for the Rangers, and you know, usually it's the Bruins, but this year it was the Rangers. Crazy. Crazy. The only way that the New York Rangers will get respect back for me is if they put Lester Patrick back in net. <laughs> no, 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 no. What really does it for me is if they hang Avery's jersey up in the rafters with him in it. <laughs> with him in it. They, they, they can hang his jersey up, but he has to be wearing it while he's up there. <laughs> and with that, I think we should wrap up the show. I don't think we're going to get any better than that. So, Dave, final thought? My final thought is, it was great seeing you guys, and uh, we'll see you all sometime on the flip side. Don't stop leaving. All right. Thank you, Chris Cover, for coming on. No worries, Parent. We're probably going to introduce him more on the show next season. Uh, join us for that. Hope you enjoyed this special episode. I'm John Varnowski for Chris Covert and David Stearns. Good night, everybody. And don't stop believing. <laughs>